Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. I'm JT. That's Keith Cook. That's Mac Banks. Here for a, another round. Uh, gentlemen, a very exciting week in the Milltown. We've had some good, some okay, and then some eh, not so good. Uh, Mac did a great job. He set up an interview uh, with the Catawba Ridge head coaches of the volleyball programs, uh, Alicia and Ross Lisi. That'll be at the end of this episode. Great interview with those. Appreciate them coming in and spending some time with us. Uh, great people. Uh, just salt to the earth folks doing a great job over Catawba Ridge. Hang on. And you can hear that um, after we get through with taking care of some other sports. And we're going to talk about some after the <laughs> in a word from your local station. Um, Ross Lisey Insurance, look him up for a quote today. Shameless plug. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about some definites in the game of football. And I know that sounds weird because there's still one week left to go. But we did learn some things based off this past uh, Thursday and Friday night. Um, if it's okay with y'all, we'll go ahead and start uh, with the Catawba Ridge Copperheads and Mac. Um, that game, it, it was kind of a – it is a rivalry game because it's a Fort Mill school against Indian Land. Indian Land, a lot of those youngsters have a Fort Mill address. And it was one of those games where you felt like the winner of the game still had a shot at the playoffs, but the loser, mathematically, that was pretty much all she wrote. And – Early on, it, it once again, Zach Lindak, it just seems like to just snowball. Um, early in that game, they held on for a while, and then Indian Land started to make a couple plays, and then it just it went downhill from there for Catawba Ridge. Yeah, and it was one of those things, I mean, it wasn't a or anything like that, but, I mean, it was just one of those games that nothing seemed to be able to get moving offensively for the Copperheads. Uh, they started off well. C.J. Uh, Couch came in initially to start the game, um, you know, because they've been using this two-quarterback system all year, Couch and, and D.J. Latimer. So he started the game, and they, they moved the ball okay, but they never were able to really um, punch it in to the end zone. Uh, defensively, um, it, there was a struggle there as well. I think the one thing that's really hurt Catawba Ridge the past two weeks and it hasn't necessarily been them, but it's been penalties for the other team. And what how that hurt them is you can never get the plane, never get a rhythm, never get anything kind of moving offensively or defensively because the refs, apparently they thought everybody showed up for them. And there were flags all over the place. Last week against Lancaster, uh, Doug Hobbs, I, him and I were talking, and he went back and counted. Um well-known statistician around here he went back and counted and there were 40 flags against um in the cr lancaster game and then this week i don't know there were at least well i can i can tell you this 30 there were 17 penalties accepted at halftime yes yeah it was and that's the thing i was saying there it was just there's no rhythm for either side really to get anything going uh any land scored on their first series um, they got some great receivers. Uh, Chaz Portis, 
his father, you might have heard of him, Clinton Portis. Uh, yes, that same Clinton Portis um, was, you know, he scored. They went up 6 nothing. They uh, they scored right before the end of the first half, so they went up 13 nothing into the locker room. Catawba Ridge came out in the second half. They played better. They were able to move the ball a little bit better. DJ Latimer came in and was able to move the ball with his feet, able to throw it and able to really get them in scoring positions where they hadn't had it all night. Indyland's defense just stepped up for the most part, uh, only allowed that one touchdown, but then they uh, scored in each of the final two quarters, kind of put the game away. Long story short, um, Indyland is 5-4, and four, and they will play Lancaster this Friday. The winner of that game is in the playoffs, that's basically for the fourth spot in Region 3-4A. Um, unfortunately, Catawba Ridge has to play Northwestern, and that's that's going to be a very tough game, and it's been a tough game no matter who, you know, Northwestern has played. Their opponents have always obviously had a tough time um, against them this season. So mathematically, yeah, they're 1-8, they're 0-4 in the region. So – Unless they apply for an at-large or something like that, mathematically, their Catawba Ridge is out of it. I mean, you could still, and I'm not sure if there's a at-large berth or bid for 4A this year, but um, yeah, mathematically they're they're done because you know they they don't have a region win and there's only one one game left. They'd have to upset Northwestern, and uh, you know. Hopefully, Indy Lane and Lancaster would tie or some weird scenario like that. So, um, which obviously they can't they can't tie. They'd have to be some type of winner loser for that game. But yeah, unfortunately, it's been a long year for the Copperheads. And both teams, uh, uh, Lancaster and Indian Land, both. hold the tiebreaker over Catawba Ridge anyway. So right. if they finish tied for essentially last with one win, then Catawba Ridge is the odd man out. Right. Yeah. So and and obviously between. Lancaster in any land and that's that's a rivalry game uh, in Lancaster County um, always has been so they, and that's being played at any land so one of those teams is getting in obviously your region winner being uh, Northwestern they uh, kind of boat raced uh, South Point long second half for uh, South Point um, so right now your region standings Northwestern South Point I do believe York and then uh, two teams tied with one win being Indyland and Lancaster. So. And, and by the way, the, there is no at large. There uh, is no tomorrow. To the bracket, yeah. uh, South Carolina High School League four A. But one thing that I'd see did see right away, uh, Region three fourth seed, which will be either Indianland or Lancaster. They have to play the champion of Region two, which by the way, and it's been a really long time since people have been able to say this in fact i think the last time people have been able to say it i was in high school region two will come down to friday night and it's a rivalry game as the riverside warriors travel to dooley field and take on the greer yellow jackets the winner of that game will be the region two champions and whoever finishes fourth in region three will have to make a trip to either greer and dooley field or the reservation to play the riverside warriors so uh, not an sledding. easy, yeah, not an easy tough task. Uh, both of those places, not easy places to go. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to 
bet I would think Indyland's probably going to beat Lancaster. Um, Indyland's just more well-rounded as a team. So it's, yeah, anything can happen, really. I mean, it's a rivalry game, like we were saying. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, again, a long season for uh, the Copperheads. With all those injuries and just everything just mounting up all at one time. and um, But obviously, best of luck to Coach Zach Lindak. If, if they pulled off an upset of, of Northwestern, even if they didn't make the playoff, that would still that be was, a huge. To that end be, on a good note, that would be, epic, that would be yeah. great. That definitely be uh, momentum headed into 2024. Um, One thing we did learn um, on Friday night, and you don't hear these words very often, but we'll talk about Fort Mill first on Thursday night because the Fort Mill-Clover game got moved to Thursday night because it was Clover's homecoming. And if you live in the Fort Mill area, obviously you saw what happened Friday night with the rain and the hail hailed at my house. Um, So now you know why Clover moved their homecoming. Uh, to Thursday night. Uh, the Clover Blue Eagles also proved why they're the Region 3 5A champions. Uh, they ran the ball with, uh, I think the young man's name is Landon Stone. Um, Correct. He's a, a big beast. guy. He's, he's a, a lot bigger than you might think you get on the field. I was, uh, thankfully, Coach Manili was kind enough to let me be on the sidelines and just kind of help out there. But when I saw that young man before the game and then I saw how he could run, you, Somebody, you, it's going to be a long night for whoever Clover is playing. Um, so it was it was really over early. Unfortunately, Fort Mill not able to get anything going offensively. A lot of stunning going on by the Clover front three and front four, and then uh, the final score was was forty eight to nothing. Uh, Clover over Fort Mill. But Stone, someone compared him to he is the Christian McCaffrey of York County. See, I'll push back on that a little bit because he's bigger than Christian McCaffrey. True. He can do it all. I agree from the standpoint of Running he can run the football yeah. between the tackles. He can get to the edge. He's got that kind of quicks. But he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. Now, Coach Wolbright didn't do a whole lot of that against Fort Mill. It was mm-hmm. mainly run the football. They did spin it a little bit, but it almost seemed like almost when they had to um, and, and really and, and, and truly just uh, not a good night for Fort Mill and a great night for Clover. However, if you move to Friday night, and you don't hear these words very often, but thanks to the Nation Ford Falcons, the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets are going to the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Let me say that again really slowly. Thanks to the Nation Ford Falcons, the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets are going to the playoffs, and that's because the Nation Ford Falcons put an old can of you-know-what on the Spring Valley Vikings uh, that final score was 48-49. 49 to nothing. I didn't want to short because my goal on this team. <laughs> a point, how dare I? Uh, but where I'm going with that is what that did was it basically put into stone. Fort Mill is the fifth seed in Region 3-5A. They will be in the playoffs for the first time since 2017, and they will more than likely have to go to Anderson County and take on the T.L. Hanna Yellow Jackets, which is a tough task. Um, with volleyball this week, I was in Greenville County. I talked to the athletic director of uh, Hillcrest, uh, Dale Nelson, great guy. Um, he, I was asking him about the Hillcrest T.L. Hanna game, and he ba- he didn't mince words. He was like, I, I, I wish whoever has to play Hanna in their backyard all the best because tough sledding well, there for sure. they put up 65 against whoever they destroyed this week. They did. I, yeah, it was it was like 65-21 or if, something. If you look it at their close. rushing stats, they have attempted 11 passes in two weeks. Wow. Man. And they've scored 
a hundred points. Let that marinate for a second. <laughs> Talk about old school football. That, my friends, is a T.L. Hanna Yellow Jackets, but it was Nation Ford scored early and often and quickly, and it was 21 nothing. I think it was 21 nothing after the coin flip. Dave Johnson's offense, Caden Barnett, uh, maybe it was that uh, little pep talk you gave him after a podcast last week, Keith. I don't, I'm not sure. My man was on fire. He was ready to go. He was ready to go, and the Nation Ford offense was ready to go. But, hey, big ups to, to the defense for Nation Ford. Not very often do you get to pitch a shutout like that. So, Nation Ford, a huge victory. What that means is this. Clover will take on the Rock Hill Bearcats Friday night for the Region 3-5A title. Unless there's rain and then they move it. And it, it might be on be Wednesday night. It Who might knows? be Saturday morning. We're not sure. But Clover will take on Rock Hill. I believe that game D3. is D3, in yeah. D3 Stadium. So, who knows? I think Cl- just having seen Rock Hill in person and seeing Clover in person, I feel like Clover – will win that football I'll, I'll game. That's no disrespect to Rock Hill. It's just I, 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 I've seen both teams, and that's just where I'll I land I'll take him as a four-point uh, road favorite. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. I'll take, so you're taking the over? I take I like I take it. Clover by 21. It, it's it, – where I can't get – what I can't get past is how does the Rock Hill defense stop Stone? Um, because even when he stopped at the line of scrimmage, he finds a way to bounce off tacklers, and he always falls forward. It's always a positive play with him, and and the Blue Eagles have a quarterback that can spin it when they have to. So you can't just load the box and stop Stone. If you do that, they'll pick you apart with the the throw game. So um, and their kicker, he can boom it. He can He's turn it loose. Foot. He's they got a, a foot. They attempted a fifty-two. If I'm not mistaken, a fifty-two-yard field goal. That's correct. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't. He didn't hit it, but even in high school, the attempt something like that. That's now he well, and I heard some rumors it was 58 yards, but I believe no, it, was it was 52. But I did hear 58, and I a, thought, are you kidding me? It wow. was officially 52 because it sat just outside the 41. But here, <laughs> a little Doug Hobbs here. But because it was closer to the 42, technically they gave it, they gave it a 52-yard right. attempt. It had the distance, but it missed wide right. Uh, so just let that yeah, marinate for like, That's the Clover Blue Eagles under first-year head coach Perry Wolbrand. I mean, I broke a toe just watching it. It does. It does. <laughs> His extra points, man, they were skyscrapers. They were getting to the top of the posts. I mean, it, 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 they needed the all-state well good hands net behind They're it. They're well keep the football in the county. If you've been to War Memorial Stadium and you know how the one end zone, they have those Leland Cybers that protect the stadium from the, the, from the road – he was hitting those three quarters of the way up, and the ball was going through the Leland Cypresses onto the highway. Uh, that's just how good their kicker is. They have so the Clover Blue Eagles. They had some tough. poor kid trying to catch his kicks behind the Leland Cypresses and dodge traffic coming in. It's not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that that has He's playing Frogger out there. <laughs> that didn't right happen. There, so. Um, so where we're going with that is, the, obviously the winner of that game will be the one seed. The loser will be the two seed. Uh and because we already know Fort Mills in the five, we know Spring Valley's in the six, that puts Keith Cook, that puts your nation Ford Falcons squarely in the playoffs, but it does put them on the road. Uh, that, that, there is a, a caveat to that. Uh, we felt like nation Ford might have had a shot, an outside shot at a home playoff game, but um, unfortunately that didn't materialize. But another year and another trip to the postseason for Coach Michael Allen with a, another year where it didn't get off to the best start. 
But, boy, they know how to win the games that they're supposed to win and got to win. They found a way um, against Spring Valley, and they're going to the postseason for the 11th time in 12 years. Some insane number. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. So congratulations to Coach Allen and his group of Falcons going to the postseason. I think – now are they are they is Blythewood a lock at three? No, because no, Blythewood, no, uh, Blythe, Nation Ford has the Nation the, Ford's the three. Nation, so Ford, they should have a home. game. Yeah, they should get a home game for a three. So I thought they were going on the road. So no. three gets a home. Three gets a home. Okay, but they play a three, I do believe. Mm-hmm. So right, that's either, that but up. that may not be set in stone just because. Well, if Fort if, Mill beats Nation Ford, then you got you could possibly have three teams because there's no way on earth. Let's let's. Let's be real here. Blythewood's not losing Spring Valley. So you would have three teams. One would think not. Yeah, three teams at two and three. So I don't know how they would settle all the tiebreakers there uh, because Fort Mill would you have would, it over Nation Ford. Nation Ford would have it over Blythewood. Blythewood would have it over Fort you Mill. You would go to region points. It would be region points. By okay. That, so by there that is an itself. outside shot that even Fort Mill could be a number three seed. So looking at the bottom of the bracket, Mac is 100% correct. I am totally wrong. Um, I'm wrong all the time. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Uh, region 2, number 1, they'll play the at-large. And then Region 3, number 3, is at home against Region 1, number 3, which I think is man. man. Yeah, J.L. Man. Yeah, man. That's what I was thinking. Uh, so the Falcons, beat them. If, if they win the Milltown Championship Friday night, uh, then they host. Then they man. will host a playoff game, and they will host the J.L. Man Patriots more than likely. Right. Um Unless Fort Mill pulls the upset. Which then that just muddies all the water. It muddies all the water. Which is very possible. Yeah, it and, is and, possible. And by the way, that game Friday night is in the Hive in Bob Jones Stadium. In the Bob. It's in the Bob. Bab. The Bob. Um, Pike the car by the Bob. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, Sorry. Why did, how did we get in Boston all of a sudden? I don't know. But uh, Sweet Caroline is so going through your my Your cousin from Boston. It Sorry. is a very special night, though. Um well, senior, senior night, night, right? It's senior night, but it's pink out night. Okay. And there'll be a ceremony at halftime for all of our cancer warriors. And so if you can, please come out for that. Obviously support two football teams and show a lot of spirit for that. But wear your pink um, because there's going to be a lot of wonderful people there um, that have fought cancer or are still fighting cancer and uh, still putting up a good fight. Some of them um, we know personally, and it and it really hurts to see them suffer. But – um, so come out and support that. It's the Crucial Catch campaign, uh, which the town of Fort Mill normally does a fantastic job at. So um, you'll see hopefully a good football game, but you'll definitely be supporting great causes. Um, and it should be a good night, the Milltown Showdown. It never does disappoint from a crowd standpoint, so it should be packed to the gills. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? If it comes down to the fourth quarter and both head coaches are – sucking through brown brown paper sacks and you know trying to catch their breath that that's kind of what you hope for really all right um but you're right keith if, if fort mill pulls the upset all that would do is muddy the waters i'll be uh, in the press sure. box drinking through a brown paper sack that's, that's a different story that's a totally different story indeed grandpa's it, corn squeezing what happens in the press box stays fresh <laughs> freshly made inside the press box right <laughs> Sales do end at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> right. What's that steam coming out there, Johnny? Oh. What's that stink? Oh, man. It's corn. Um, so that's Mash. Should, mash. So that have, should this be, train is derailed. This train always derails. Well, and going back to Nation Ford, you know, Caden Barnett comes in, and as Jim Rohn would say, he got some jungle karma. He, he's on the program, and then he goes out, throws – 
only five touchdowns in the first half and then gets to sit out the rest of the game. And uh, so he had by far his finest outing as a starting quarterback. And, uh, and if you ask me, talking to him he, here last week, I mean, you want to talk about a kid that is composed and just he knows what to say. He understands everything that's going on around him. And, and it was really kind of a – uh, a nice surprise to see that from somebody, you know, because he's inexperienced because this is his first year as a starting quarterback. Just the, a junior. We yeah, and the quarterback that. is the guy that is the focal point no matter where you are. And so there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders, and he seems to be handling it like, uh, you know, it's a walk in the park. And who knows? If they put on a show Friday night, that could be the catalyst for a home playoff victory against JL Man and might make some kind of run. You never know. Momentum, momentum is a very funny thing. It's a fickle beast, and if you can ride that wave and catch it, who the heck knows? The Falcons have done it before. Was it 2016, 2015? 20, so yeah. so yeah. that that was a heck of a run. It's been done before. Mm-hmm. So so never say never. It, it, things can happen. And Stranger Falcons can do happen. like to beat up on JL Man when they can. Well, Personally, I hope they do because I'm come from <laughs> everybody. Like right, that. yeah, that's everybody your love. Love from Joe man, man on my part. You, you'll never hear me say that. Yeah, everybody loves to beat up. We on want Wando to win. What? No, you don't. No, 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 no. The, the nobody wants that. Sorry to my brother-in-law who I Literally spent some time nobody. with last night who went to Wando. Um, but speaking of Wando, um, they did lose uh, this past week, and they lost the state championship in swimming to. The Fort Mill Yellow Jackets. See, yeah, Wando. I think it was it came down to the final three events. It, yeah, and it but Fort Mill able to squeeze it out over Wando and and win the state championship. Um, In swimming, gotta love it. You do. Yeah, you do. It, it, so that's because you te- and, and and people are like, why do you hate Wando? Well, there are a school of like four thousand kids. You know, they don't like finances. They don't like anything. They've got everything they need to succeed and. So when you can take down the big dog, it's kind of yeah. like taking down dormant. Well, it's right? one of those you take things. Take big dog, you're going to put a feather in your cap. It's one of those things where Fort Mill started slow, and they really had to like rally and catch up, and then pass them. So it was it was good. They give Cindy Van Buskirk three state championships now, second most in school history. Up. Yeah, yeah, second most in school history, only behind Willie Ware. So. Um, yeah, very good performance by the Jackets. NAFO boys finished sixth in the 5A meet, and Catarbridge boys finished ninth in the 4A meet. So top ten swim team in the town. That put, that put all boys and girls, all three schools, um, top ten, which was pretty good. And, and what we learned from Coach Hartso is that the three state championship signs that sit out front of Fort Mill High School, uh, that one on the bottom rung, you're about to come off the board because uh, swimming's going back to. But guess who is on the bottom rung? Swimming. Swimming. So swimming gets taken off the bottom and put on the top, and the two becomes a three. Kind of so. wild, like when you've got a social media post and you say bump. Bump. Here we go. You're bumping yep. them back up into number I, one. I could not help but do the math. I walked into the hive and I did some unofficial math. I think once they hang that 30-second banner from mm-hmm. the rafters, I think they got room for five more, and then they're going to have to do something. I don't know how they got room for five more. I think they do. That I mean, I they're they going to – unless you put it in front of the air-conditioned vents. 
Which but is see, possible. The, the problem is if you if you put it in front of the vent on on the side away from the scorer's table, now you're covering the words Fort Mill Yellow, Yellow Jackets yeah. that go across right. the air vent. But isn't, but it also on the, isn't it also on the wall, like Yellow Jackets or something like that? On the wall? Maybe not. I don't. What do you mean? Like the words Yellow Jackets painted on the back wall across from the scorer's table? Oh, um, you can still see that when you're. On right. the floor. That's what I'm saying. Just yeah. cover up the thing, and then just you just, you got to slide them down. You got to. You gonna get to the point where you have to build a third gym. Well, you won't hear me complain. I mean, why not? You know, okay. I mean, just hang those bad boys from from the top and and let it rip. Yeah, you know, that, that's nothing. That won't hurt my feelings at all. No. Um, unfortunately, there was some uh, not so good news uh, this week in Fort Mill athletics. Um, Tennis. In tennis, uh, Fort Mill and Nation Ford both took it on the chin. Um, Fort Mill lost 6 nil uh, to Man. Jail Man, yeah. Jail Man. Um, Mama, there's that man again. So we, so we, we owe them. Yeah, so, and then the Nation Ford Falcons. I was surprised by that. I really, really was. I really thought that Nation Ford was going to pull the upset, go out there, put on a good show, but for some reason it just didn't materialize for the Falcons and – um, that's a shame. Uh, season comes to an abrupt end for two pretty good programs that that were battle tested, worked really hard, but it, it just it wasn't meant to be. So those two uh, programs are out. Uh, switching back to some good news on the golf course, mm-hmm. if you're into such a thing, uh, the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets, the girls' golf team, they played well enough in the upper state. They're going to the state championships, which is tomorrow morning, Monday morning, nine o'clock at Mid Carolina. If I understand correctly, it's a two-day thing. Yeah, it's Monday, Monday, Tuesday, and right. Tuesday. It's Monday, Tuesday, yes. And both of them are nine a.m. starts, and it's for all the beans this time. Yes, um, Fort Mill is there. Uh, Nafo squeaked in. Uh, they take the top eight teams in the upper state. Nafo was eighth, so they squeak in, and ironically. They played the Upper State on the same course that both of those teams were co-region yeah, champions Chester. in Chester, yeah. and then Fort Mill finishes fourth, and then and then Nafo finishes eighth. So that's wild. Catawba Ridge went down to Aiken and won the Upper State um, 4A golf title, and so they'll be going to um, Saluda Valley Country Club in Williamston, wherever that is. Williamston, South Carolina? Yeah. You don't know where Williamston is. It's over there by that thing. Isn't it near the coast? No. No, it's the other totally direction. Opposite end. It's in I'm the thinking of Williamston, corner. North it's Carolina. Near, which it's near is Williamston, coast, South Carolina. Right? The Pickens. Palmetto High School Mustangs. Okay. Pickens, Pickens is hosting County, it. So it's Williamston, that all the way to Clemson. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's a two-day past, thing as well. Past, JL, uh, past uh, T. O'Hanna, but before you get to Clemson. And away from JL man. <laughs> if you hit Clemson, you you done gone and too far. <laughs> and Dorman. But yeah, and and speaking of tennis, but, but, Nation, Ridge but lost isn't that wild well. though that Nation Ford like squeaks in after being the co-region champs, setting setting a team record the week before. Just t- just you never know. Yeah. But hey, hey could round yeah. of applause for Catawba Ridge, the girls four A upper state champs. That that's something to be proud of. But job not done. No. And, you know they they've. I I think they've got sights on the bigger prize. Yeah, and they they can win it. I mean, they finished pretty well. Um, they shot, I think it was a three thirty three three twenty nine something like that. 
351 because I can't read. But, um, yeah, so they, they have got a chance. I know the lower state teams for 4A did pretty well. Your, your North Myrtle Beach, stuff like that, your May River. But um, they got a chance. So, I mean, it's, that's why you get up there and tee it up, and hopefully they'll do well. And like I was saying, back in going back to tennis, Catawba Ridge lost also the same day that uh, Nation Ford and Fort Mill lost. So that that opening round for tennis playoffs was a bad day for all three local schools. So it's just not good, Mama. And then no, we got what? Not good at all, unfortunately. Girls volleyball, because we've obviously, you know, there was Nation Ford and Fort Mill, two different outcomes for that. Yeah, Nation Ford beat Burns, and so they get to host Hillcrest this week. And so I was kind of thinking that maybe Fort Mill might be able to pull that win off against Hillcrest, and then we'd have another Fort Mill showdown on Monday night, but instead it'll be the Hillcrest Rams coming into town, and hopefully the Falcons can dispose of them. And while we're on the subject of volleyball, just going to mention my neighbor, Ella Scott, who continues to blaze with the assists over at Nation Ford, but unfortunately... Uh, she can't catch her sister. We talked about that the other night at Diamond Prospects. But, again, another fantastic season for Ella. And another shout-out to Amanda Scott, her mother, who's Fort Mill Middle School Yellow Jackets, went 18-0 and this season. So pretty good season for girls volleyball on that side of town. And looking forward to seeing what the Falcons can do with Hillcrest. And Ella Scott, if I'm not mistaken, in your reference, she's hitting now a 1,000 career assists. So that's pretty good. I think she's over 1,300, and yeah. she has nearly 1,000 this season, I think. Wow. Uh, her sister had somewhere over 2,400. So wow. you'd, need, you'd need about a 30-match uh, state playoff <laughs> in order to probably catch that. But nonetheless, impressive record, uh, nonetheless, by Ella. So uh, keep on battling Falcons. And Fort Mill uh, girls volleyball uh, lost midweek at Hillcrest, which is how that ties in. Um it was in three sets, but things are not as they appear. Uh, 25-18 was the final of the first set. The second set, Fort Mill actually led 6-1. Uh, but Hillcrest battled back, and then it was back and forth. Hillcrest ended up winning it 25-20. And then in the thir- third set, Hillcrest had all the momentum. They were up 17-10. Coach Michaela McCrory in her second year called her final timeout, and it just looked bleak. And then Fort Mill just went 10 straight. Bang. Took the lead. They were at 23-21. A couple of calls didn't go the Jackets' way. Hillcrest made a couple of plays and won it 28-26. I will go ahead and tell you, Falcons fans, the Hillcrest Rams are a two-headed monster. Number 10, her name is Headland. She's a monster. And number 7 is, I think it's Barino, B-A-R-R-I-N-E-A-U. She is a tall drink of water. She is strong. And she will climb the ladder. So well, that she's will hit her, not, a hitter, obviously. That is, yes, that will not be easy pluckings for uh, Craig Brown and the Nation Ford Falcons. Having said that, I still like Nation Ford to protect home floor because I just think Nation Ford's a different beast when they're on when they're in the nest. They're a different beast. They're hard to handle well, in any sport. And I think with Hillcrest having to go on the road on a Monday night to york county and face that environment and i know it'll be jacked up it will be it, yep. it will be the falcons fans will show out in mass they always do 
I just feel like Nation Forward will do enough and they'll move on. I think it goes Monday and then Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. But their reward, if they were to get past um, Hillcrest, would most likely be Dorman. And that would be at Dorman in their arena, which is University of Dorman. Yeah, a repeat from last year's playoff trek. So, um, but this time they'd have to go to payback on the mind for the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about this later with Coach Alisi, but um, Catawba Ridge had a bye in the first round. And like I said, we'll talk about more about Catawba Ridge volleyball coming up. But, uh, yeah, and then boys volleyball playoff start this week as well. Catawba Ridge will be hosting Indianland, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Fort Mill will be hosting or will be traveling to Malden and – NAFO will be traveling to Dorman. That man again. That man again, yeah. The, that that man again, indeed. And, and you you have to look at Coach Martin and Coach Tisdale, uh, respectively, at Fort Mill and Nation Ford, what they've done with those first-year programs, both of them making the playoff. Actually, big ups to all three schools. Yeah, all three in there. They're, yeah. they're all in there. Um, so just it says a lot. Um, it is unfortunate that Fort Mill and Clover were the – quote-unquote co-region champs, but they're both on the road, which I still – it makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, somebody would have to explain it to me. But here's how the upper state reads just really quickly. Uh, the top part of the bracket, number one, Dorman, number eight, Nation Ford, number four, Malden, number five, Fort Mill. The bottom part of the bracket, number three, Boiling Springs. They'll welcome number six, Clover. And then the two-seven matchup is the Burn Rebels and the Woodmont Wildcats, the Low Country – Carolina Forest is the one seed. They take on the Tigers of Conway, Sagasti, and Wando. There's that man again. The four and five. Somerville against St. James is the three six. And then the two seven is uh, two teams that really don't like each other. Kane Bay and Ashley Ridge. <laughs> Think that'll be a little salty? <laughs> Maybe. Might have to I hire some extra security for that one. That one might have a little juice to it. If you've ever been to the Low Country, you'll know what I'm talking about there. Um, Cross-country wise, the York County uh, Championship was held Saturday. Uh, Fort Mill won it. Um, Mac, you got the uh, specs on that? See, Fort Mill won uh, varsity boys and girls um, races. Olivia Cleveland, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, destroyed everybody and came in a day and a half before the Pony Express. But no, she came in at 1837 and uh, Fort Mill had four top ten finishes to go along with her winning the thing. Uh, Kaylee Reverstein was second at 1912. Avery Morarati was fourth at 1950. Mia Zook seventh at 2017. And Lauren Fredenberg was 16th at 2013. Um, Nation Ford was third for the girls. They got eked out by Northwestern. Um, So they did pretty well. Catawba Ridge was fifth, Rock Hill was fourth, and then in the boys' race, uh, Fort Mill scored uh, 44 points. They didn't have any local winners. Uh, Garrett Brown of South Point won, but um, you know they, they had uh, fifth place, sixth place, tenth uh, place, and eleventh and twelfth place, so good for them. Um, Nation Ford was second, and then Catawba Ridge was third, so boys' cross country represented well at York County. And then now they will be heading 
all three teams will be heading to their respective region championships. Um, Nation Ford and Fort Mill is going back to Catawba Bend reservation thing where the York County Championship was held. That's basically near the Catawba Indian Reservation out in Rock Hill. And if you can't get there um, by land, you have to literally airdrop your way in there like a like a FedEx package or something. I don't know who drops FedEx packages out of the planes, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, apparently you have the to. the Pony Express. Yeah, well, apparently, but you have to, uh, yeah, it's it's like out there in the woods. It's like not even close to anything. No, it, it, it's, it's over there it's by. the beaten path, Yeah, it's over there by sure. Waterford uh, uh, Golf Club. JV's at four, Varsity's at five on Wednesday. Right, and uh, then the 25th. Catawba Ridge heads to Lancaster next Saturday uh, to run their course for the Region 3 4A championship. So, And do want to hand out a couple of congratulations. First of all, Fort Mill High School held a uh, dance competition uh, Saturday during the day. Uh, the overall champion was the Catawba Ridge Copperhead. So big ups to uh, the CR dance team for winning that big trophy. Also congratulations to the Fort Mill High School band. They won it all at the uh, – Morrisville High School uh, Invitational up in North Carolina. Uh, they basically stole the show. Uh, so the Marching Blue and Gold marches to another trophy to add to their basically two trailers full and an entire room. I was about full to of say trailers. they need some acreage to put them all in. It's amazing. When, when my daughter was in the band, I actually counted the number of trophies just in the band room, and it was 180. Uh, but that was just what's in the band room. That's not what's in storage. So uh, another trophy to. For, for a Fort Mill band, so um, that's all I have uh, for this week. What you got, Keith? Uh, one, I, I'm also going to uh, give some praise. Uh, of course, Nation Ford participates in the Diamond Prospects every season. Uh, red and black team, red team finished five and one, black team four and two. The Diamond Prospects future All Star uh, from these teams was sophomore Alex Smith. Congratulations to him. He plays in a Futures All-Star game this week. And then the Prospects Select All-Stars that will play down at Winthrop include senior Miles Baker, senior Braden Deaton, junior Jake Barrier, junior Ben Chuddy, junior Cooper Mitchell, and junior Jacob Pettit. So lots of good stuff coming out of the Falcons baseball program. Congratulations to all of those fine young men. Why y'all looking at me? I ain't got anything. You got nothing? I got nothing. Okay. So Mac Banks has had his say in it. You almost like pulling a point. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I got. To, my wife tells me I need to get bread. But okay, well, anyway. you also have to go get ranch and bread. I think ranch and bread. Yeah, grocery list. So my grocery and that list is dinner. That is dinner. Apparently, right ranch just on not mix. Just not mixed together because that would be yeah. Ranch on toast. That's gross. what you're getting. Oh, that's gross. Man. More protein and carb. Maybe some bacon on there, kind of like a mm. ranch Welsh rarebit. Bacon. Oh. Hey, by the, I know. Before we go off the air, I do want to ask you: Did like, you all go permanently to the state fair? Did I get not no, this year? Not but this year. It was. I was down there. Oh, get this. So I was down there for the girls' four A, five A, um, state swim championship. It was the same day Carolina was losing to somebody, because that's what South Carolina for high years. school. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was down there for that, and the state fair was in town. There was like no place to park. Nope. So I found a little parking spot. Literally, paid the meter. Come out, it's like, you know, dark. I have to walk a mile and a half to get back to my vehicle. Parking ticket on my vehicle. 
placed under my windshield wiper right in front of the ticket receipt from where I paid the parking. I'm like, no. I'm like, no. So I like went online and like submitted a appeal and got it waived. I tell you what, those parking folks, they're mean. Down there, we, they're mean. I feel like I get a a, a ticket every month. I'm like, from, from I literally paid for meter. Man, you can't even make oh, a joke. Yeah, I paid twenty bucks like, for a daily just, ticket because I knew it was going to be there like all day. Yeah. And they still, but the funny thing was, they put it literally right in front of where the receipt was laying on the dash. Well, like you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it says I've got parking yeah. here. I'm yeah. like. People can't read. Well, oh, I was hot. Read. You just said it earlier in the broadcast. Well, I can't read, but that's a different story okay. for a different thing. I was Seems hot. Like you're throwing stones. I shouldn't house insult Columbia residents either well, at this point when you're saying not reading. University of South Carolina. Yeah. So well. He should know people who know people. But the reason I bring up the state fair, did you hear about the donut dog? No. Okay, so it's a jumbo size hot dog, right? And it's got chili and stuff on it with donut glaze. That sounds good. I'd eat it. That actually <laughs> does sound pretty good. That sounds like a it heart attack. As weird as that sounds, it sounds pretty good. That, that sounds like know, a heart attack five minutes after a fact. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's okay. Just Die so happy. Focused on the wrong thing. you got to focus on devouring that bad boy. Elizabeth, I'm coming to and, see you. And by the way, one of one of my friends, Kathy Weaver, she put on Facebook, she huge Gamecock fan, diehard uh, Carolina grad, and she put on there, she goes, well, today was fun, dot, 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 till it wasn't. Um and by the way, the three of us idiots sitting in this room right now, all all three of our tails are, are hurting a little yes, bit. Yes, they are. Uh, Clemson fumbled another one away. Uh, South Carolina went to Missouri. I have no idea what you would call that. Um, <laughs> it, Road trip. It, it, it was, was they they left bad. a few guys on the bus. I and think. then North Carolina against Virginia. Wet the bed. The South. And by the way, I'm going. I'm going to pick a, a bone here with the Southeastern Conference for a second. If I hear one more commentator say that Georgia and Auburn is the South's oldest rivalry, it's I'm going Virginia, to literally North throw Carolina. punches. It's not. It's Carolina, Virginia. If you want to say it's the deep South's oldest rivalry, that's fine. But don't gloss over revisionist history here. Yep. North Carolina, Tar Heels, Virginia Cavaliers, it's the oldest rivalry in the South. Look it up. Stats. Just online. because we're basketball schools doesn't mean that we haven't played football in a while. You still got bring it. Anybody for some squash? <laughs> and, and by the way, I'm all ready for basketball season based Me on too. what's been going on. It's crazy. You better, but, you better toss it. But, hey, big ups to Mac Banks. He got not one Coach Lisi, but both of them. Mac, thanks for doing Outstanding. that, buddy. Hopefully we'll have more visitors here uh, sooner than later. Um, lots of luck to everybody this week. Uh, the golf team, uh, they're fighting for the playoff lives. Volleyball, boys and girls. For their playoff lives, a lot going on. Uh, Cross country's trying to win another championship. Golf state championship. Yeah, golf's going on. Um, Catawba Ridge, Fort Millionish, Fort, all involved in that. So, um, good luck, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, everybody comes home with a title of some sort. And uh, best of luck. If you have any questions for us, please let us know. Be glad to answer anything you might have. If you want us to cover something, please let us know. We don't shy away from anything unless it's religion, politics, or marriage advice. Um, <laughs> We will talk about some stuff next week. It'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the Milltown Showdown. We'll talk about Catawba Ridge football. We'll have golf and volleyball and cross country to talk about as well. So that will do it for us. Appreciate y'all tuning in wherever you may be across the Fruited Plains. And based on, and on behalf, I should say, on my buddies Keith and Mac, I'm JT, and we'll see you crazy kids next week for another edition of Mally Milltowners. But until then, so long, everybody.
and sitting down with two very special coaches here on uh, Mouthy Milltowners. Hey, big ups to Mac Banks. He he wrangled not one head coach, but two. In a program same, first. A program first, and and maybe last, especially depending upon how this goes. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> sitting to my right, the head coaches, the girls' volleyball head coach of the Catawba Ridge Copperheads, Alicia Lisi, and her, uh, I won't say better, other half, Ross, <laughs> who's the head coach of the boys' volleyball team. Hey. Yes, welcome. Round of applause. Welcome, welcome. Appreciate y'all doing this. Um, obviously, with it being uh, playoff time, end of the season, uh, we know your time is precious. So thank y'all uh, for being here. Um, my first question is pretty obvious. How is it that husband and wife, mom and dad, yet you're running two different programs, same school? How is it? Or like how like how does it happen? How did it come about? First okay. of all, and then we'll yeah we'll like I said we'll get back to. You know how y'all met in kindergarten and everything. No, I'm just <laughs> but we'll get we'll get back to that. But yeah, I mean, how does it? You know, you got two kids together, and obviously you, you got different careers, and then you seems like everything just kind of meets on the volleyball court. So how how's the adjustment been from that whole standpoint? Right. Well, with me always being involved with volleyball, and then. You know, playing in college and having a passion to come back and coach and be involved in the high school level. Um, Ross has always kind of been around it while we've been dating and then eventually getting married and everything. And so he's tagged along to tournaments of mine, whether it's been the early years playing and then coaching. Um, he learned a lot about the game, and now he, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if he knows more than I do now. Um, but he does a really great job. He's definitely, like, developed, like, really cool skills, and we enjoy doing it together. We see it as, like, a hobby that we get to share together. So, um, you know, needed an assistant coach, and at the time we only had one kid and taught my parents into letting us both coach, and it's been great since then. <clears throat> Family is uh – extended family her parents help out a ton um with with our kids so that we can do this together uh it's a passion that we both have um and so it's so been great it really takes a village it really does them. absolutely yeah locally both of our families live close by in york county um and so they're willing to drop whatever they have to 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 help us out because we both enjoy it so much and um growing this game is super important you know we both love it um and something we can meet the middle on for sure. Yeah. Now, something that's unique that you both have had to deal with, which is starting a brand new program. Um, sure. Alicia, you had to take Catawba Ridge, and you came from the Gina Farley coaching tree from Fort Mill over to Catawba Ridge, so you had to start from scratch. And then, Ross, you had to do the exact same thing. How much, Ross, did you lean on her to say, hey, what do we do over here? What goes over here to kind of help you with that process? Yeah. Um, I was a cheerleader early on when she started, so I got to see it from, you know, like the sidelines, so to speak. Um, and this year especially, she's been kind of the, the head of it. You know, she without her, she there wouldn't be a program. Uh, she's done a lot on the back end uh, from even recruiting guys, guys that she had in class that she, she would look at them height-wise and you got some, you know, athletes that came in, and so she really was recruiting hard for that. Um, she's done everything, setting up the games, the schedule, um, and and Coach Lewis too, uh, athletic director at Catawba Ridge, done a wonderful job. I mean, without either one of them, it wouldn't there wouldn't be a program. Um, so that really have had help with her. I mean, she's she's done it all. You know, I have my own career too, 
outside of just coaching. And so she's really taking the reins on it. Did you know that the boys' net was actually a little bit higher regulation than the girls before this whole thing? Yeah, luckily, uh, starting Nobody out. Nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, uh, so going back to college, uh, we both college athletes. And actually, my sophomore year of, of college, we got a boys' program, a boys' team, a men's team. Uh, at Erskine College, where we both went, actually. And so got to be around the game a lot there. Um, and you guys actually, the ladies got to scrimmage and play against them, and I got to jump in. Even though I was a baseball player, um, I was always around. Biggest cheerleader for her, you know. And so I got to, to jump in, too. So we knew about the net already, for sure. <laughs> which plays into how y'all met, which was? I'll let you take that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're high school sweethearts. Uh, we met at in my junior year, his sophomore year. So ironically, he's a month older than me, but I'm a grade ahead of him in school, or was. And we at Rock Hill High. Not because of intelligence, though. Let's clear that up. I don't know. I'm pretty smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what people were thinking. Yeah. They were like, well, we know what happened. Somebody uh, failed. Yeah. <laughs> We know who helped out who in college, I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. The words held he back came all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not yeah. Um, so anyways, they always had weightlifting classes, and I was in a volleyball weightlifting class, and I played basketball in high school as well, so it transferred to a basketball-focused class that went on into second semester. We had baseball players in there. He challenged me to a couple of one-on-one games. I guess that was his way of winning me over, and... I don't know. I guess the rest was history. Obsessed with each other, I guess, after that. I never let you win, though. I always beat you in that. Yeah, he did not let me win. So, so we're talking about basketball, right? Yes. So PE class, right? PE class, yeah. He would challenge me in PE class. Did anybody yep. dunk on the other one? No. No? I, my vertical was good, but not that good. What was the trash-talking game? How, what, how would you grade that out between the two of you on the floor? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're very competitive. We... I, everything I feel like I do is a competition. So, um, challenge, I mean, I think that's why we work is we challenge each other so yeah. much. And it started, you know, even in high school. I was a sophomore in high school when I met her. Mm-hmm. She's a junior um, at Rock Hill High. And so roots go back deep as a Bearcat there. And uh, we just challenge each other um, mm-hmm. through high school. Always, you know, we grew. I mean, over that time frame of to now even, you know, you grow so much. And so part of that is trying to make each other better. You know, and so that's where it's really blossomed. It started there yeah. on the basketball court. B. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we still talk crap to each other about those one-on-one games back in high so school. So to y'all, that being said, is your programs competitive in regards to, you know, hey, I beat so-and-so in four, or I beat so-and-so, we, we had a while, swept them, or whatever, that type of thing? I mean, I know you want to pull for each other, but is it – I think it's pretty competitive. Like, if we ever do anything that's, like, intertwined or, like, let the boys and girls, you know, play each other and stuff like that, we definitely, like, talk crap to each other. The rules get very, like, specific. So, like, rules that maybe you let slide sometimes. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's not how that goes. Um, so that happens quite often, I would say. We currently have a little, like, serve-receive drill that his boys hold the record for. My girls can't beat it. So that's kind of annoying. But... <laughs> I remind her of that all the yeah. time. Of course. Of course. It goes, yeah. uh, goes without saying. We'll, we'll talk about drills and see who can do it better. So not quite on the game level yet. Um, I'm sure eventually. But, yeah. you know, I, I have an excuse that we're a first-year program. So yeah, I'm going to use that for right now. Yeah. 
but we still have the serve record. I still have. Yeah, we still have right. that. Yeah, that server C drill. Yeah, yeah we I, still I have. I see that. how you did yeah. that a little backhand there. The girls are kind of questioning, by the way, how you did that. <laughs> I can be <laughs> no their answer. judge if they want me to. <laughs> <laughs> so, how Alicia? How did you get involved in volleyball? How did that start? I mean, what what made volleyball more important to you than basketball or any other sport? Um. I think it all came down to that ended up being the sport that I had the closest friends in. So I started playing in middle school. First time I ever played club was after my ninth grade year of high school. And, you know, even playing like, you know, basketball and then softball and having to go from those practices straight to club practices. I don't know. I, just, I, I thought I was the best at it. My friends were involved in that. Um, the ones that, you know, I guess I enjoyed the most. Um, and so I, I just got this strong desire to, to play in college. And I don't know where we ended up. I don't know if it was because of me or whatever, but we're just a big volleyball family. So there's four of us in my family and three of the four of us played college volleyball. So that's, I don't know, pretty unique. I feel like fun fact about our family. So I don't know. It just was my favorite still is. I want to piggyback on that as well, because there's been a big push lately amongst a lot of athletic people talking about how, you know, kids that play one sport become one-dimensional. They don't understand, you know, the rigors of change and things like that. And I was a four-sport athlete in high school, so I, I didn't, you know, I was never, I never had any time after school to take a breather. Um, do both of your programs have multi-sport athletes, and how do they adjust from one sport to the next? I would say for the girls. Uh, you know, one of my strongest hitters right now is a rock star on the softball field and is committed to Clemson. So, like, I, her athletic ability, and I think she could do more, but her athletic ability, I mean, it's undeniable that this like these multi-sport athletes are just, they're built different. They're more competitive. I mean, I think and that would yeah, be I have Sarah Rochello, obviously. Yeah. I've, got, I've got pretty much every one of my guys is a multi-sport athlete. Um, and, and I encourage them to be, you know, I, there's not, obviously I want to play volleyball, but I just think that there's such an advantage to, to play in different sports, you know, from an athletic ability, you know, um, I, I've got a baseball, some baseball guys I'm on, on there. I've got some wrestlers. Um, I've got a track and field guys. Uh, so we, we've kind of, we've got a good bit of multi-sport athletes, which is awesome. So if you play for the Rock Hill Bearcats, then that basically means you played for Coach Cindy, um, a legend. I, I think that, 100%. that she, she would dispute that because that's just who she is. But I, I think her resume speaks for itself. And then as an assistant coach for Fort Mill, there's Coach Farley. So how much have those two ladies rubbed off on you? And do you see your coaching style – sort of piggybacking off of theirs a little bit yeah I would say that I wouldn't be the coach that I am today if it wasn't for coach elder who could still tell me that I needed to go run a suicide and I would do it like right now <laughs> <laughs> um I, I just all the respect for her I mean the fact that she gets so excited to come see us coach and stuff like that um but then even with like you know Gina Farley like I mean we are great friends still, and she's come and helped me out, you know, at tryouts and stuff like that. But, I mean, they're definitely the first people that I would give credit to as far as the knowledge and 
you know, the experience because Coach Elder gave me that first high school coaching gig. And so it, where I'm at, it's because of them. And I'll give them a lot of credit for that. When you look around the area and you see who the head coaches are, not just of girls' teams but boys' teams, and you see the number of Rock Hill Bearcats who are coaching, that's got to fill you full of pride to say, hey, how far those branches spread off of that, that Bearcat tree? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it says a lot about, you know, the – mentality that coach elder had in the gym the fact that she you know instilled such a love for the game and the fact that we still want to like grow ourselves as individuals in the game but then like continue to spread that um she planted that seed and and it's awesome and it's like you said prideful to be a part of that if you're not a part of that i mean you're kind of like a an outcast almost almost i feel like around here i guess no one obviously ross this is your first your team and everything like that are you surprised at how well you guys have kind of taken off because not no I mean really you don't know what you got I mean you see teams that are athletic and guys that are athletic but until you get out there you really don't know are you surprised at how well you guys have done I, I I'm not I'm gonna answer this confidently because I I'm confident about the guys that I have and the, the type of mentality that they have um because it comes down to them I mean I can tell them everything until I'm blue in the face, but they have to have that want, that drive. Um, and part of the way that we started uh, back in the spring was instilling that love, like what she just said, the love for the game, uh, the passion for the game, and the want to to get better, you know. So I, I'm, not, I'm not that surprised because that's how they came in. They came in very open-minded. They came in with a work ethic that they knew that if they really – did this um, and, and put their heart in it and every day when they showed up from from four to six every day that they could get better and they could they could be successful um, and that's what you're seeing right now um, and so would you say because y'all know each other so well obviously would you say your coaching styles are similar or a little different I mean did did you know one rub off on the other or how does that I mean I definitely will credit a lot to Alicia I mean she started the the love for the game being there watching her um i coach a lot like her but also have my own differences from playing other sports um having other kind of male coaches especially that i can attest to um and bring that to the volleyball court so a lot a lot of her style but also my own and and what i've picked up from great coaches that i've had in the past too would y'all say the boys game is different than the girls game besides the net being a little bit taller yeah but you know the the nuances and different you know things about it would and would y'all say that it's different or or more similar yeah it's definitely it's different for sure uh the men's game is definitely more power driven whereas women it's more finesse um and so guys just tend to want to slam balls down and and the girls like to pick you know, be strategic and strategy goes into it. And um, I think part of why we've been successful this year is because it's been really a good blend of both. Um, and especially with it growing, I think if you look at upper level, you can see the men's game and the women's game starting to mesh, which is awesome for the sport. You know, even at the top level, you know, the Olympic level, you can see them really starting to mesh. And those styles are kind of coming together. Would you say scrimmaging the girls and playing against the girls has helped the guys with? finesse because I don't and I wouldn't think they would but you know in a power game for the guys they're not going to want to get up there and 
try to slam the ball. I'm sure they're afraid they're going to hit a girl in the face, break a nose, that type of thing. I mean, has it helped the guys finesse game in a way? Yeah, I, I think for sure, especially early on. Um, she wouldn't let my guys swing at them at 100%. It was always 75%. Uh, <laughs> and so they, they definitely had to learn to do different types of roles in, in different s spots on the court. So, yeah, I would definitely say that that's a very true statement. Alicia, how would you say the guys have helped the girls in in any aspect of, of maybe maybe tried to make them up their power game, so to speak? I, I would agree. I think a lot of it comes down to how hard a team hits at you. You know, too often in the girls' game, my team specifically this year, if our block doesn't get formed and there's like a solid outside hitter, our girls are just kind of like, well, somebody didn't do their part, so I'm about to get slammed and I don't think I'm going to get a touch on it, so I'm not going to get a touch on it. Um, and playing the boys, sometimes they're faster than us. Um, they're definitely getting over our block, so it's teaching – our girls to play defense and go for balls that they normally wouldn't like there's so much more scrappy of a team than I think I've ever had at Catawba Ridge and, I, and I'll say it's because of the boys they just have to dig in and take those hard hits and be willing to get those touches so now when the program first started y'all were the new kids on the block and that sort of thing I think it's fair to say you're no longer the new kids on the block. I think you've gone from the hunter to the hunted. Um, and, and I say that because look at what you've accomplished in a relatively short period of time at Catawba Ridge. It's pretty phenomenal. I, I appreciate that. I still I tell the girls that all the time that everybody is stepping in our gym or we're stepping in their gym um, to beat us and that we're the, we're the team to beat. You know, whether it's our region play or out of region play, we're the team to beat, and I think, honestly, our girls sometimes don't believe me until it's too late. Uh, I, we say all the time, teams seem like they step their game up when they play us, um, and it's almost like they just have that urge to beat us so bad uh, that they'll play out of their minds, and you're like, I didn't know this team had that in them, you know? Um, so, yeah, 100%, uh, I would agree, and it's just getting my girls to buy into that mentality all the time. Which leads to the second part of that question, which is that mentality part, because some players will wilt under that, mm -hmm. especially if it, it, you go into a gymnasium, the other team's five and five, you're nine and one, and all of a sudden you're down 15-10 in the first set. Have you seen your girls rise to that next level? Some, some don't, but a lot of them do, and they're able to elevate their game and kind of get you edged up for the playoffs? I'll say we our most recent tournament – at um, Cardinal Newman, we played South Aiken, who knocked us out of the playoffs last year. Uh, there weren't very many teams in this tournament, and so we ended up playing South Aiken twice. And the first time we played them, we saw South Aiken on their chest, and, you know, it was kind of, you know, we just got dug down and hide. Second time we played them, uh, you know, we were down two of our players, so two of our, you know, players that play softball, so you know big outside is gone one of my middles is gone so the girls you know maybe not as strong as what we could normally be offensive wise but that second time we played them there there was a different team and, and honestly this Ross had a very like motivational talk I wasn't even in the huddle but he said something to him and I think that day was a turning point and so what we're fighting for is that set the tone of that next week and I'm hoping that sets the tone for us going into playoffs on Tuesday and on you feel pretty confident 
over these next couple of weeks because November, I think it's fourth. It'll be here before you know it. Right. Um, is that? It, I know a lot of coaches say one match at a time, that whole thing. Right. But is that the goal? That's one hundred percent the goal. I I think these girls they have a great opportunity ahead of them, and they are realizing that all season. I've been telling them that. And I think they're realizing it. I've, like I said, I've just seen the scrappiness increase, and I've just seen them become tougher. Other day at practice, very competitive. They were talking, you know, crapped each other across the net, got a little too intense. But, like, you know, it was great, like, fire. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're ready. I think, you know, yes, one game at a time. So I'm focused on Tuesday. But in the back of my, back of my mind, Tuesday is just our first step. We've got a, several steps, I think. So tell the masses who you play and what time and where. Uh, we play Aiken at Catawba Ridge, so in the arena at 6 o'clock. And they are defending 4A state champs? They are. They're, they're not the same team. So, you know, uh, last year, you know, we played South Aiken, and I'm sure that you were at that game and got our butts handed to us <laughs> uh, to be nice about it. And, um they were a lot stronger region. Now, South Aiken's still strong, but uh, Aiken's not the same team that they were last year. I think they had a lot of seniors graduate. Uh, don't have a lot of common comp opponents from this season, but um, I don't know. I just feel good about Tuesday. I've seen some film, so, you know, feel pretty good. And as far as Monday goes, drum roll, <laughs> um, you play Indian Land at the arena you've seen them twice already you swept them both times there's got to be confidence there for your guys there's confidence but just if you've been around sports long enough that third time can always be kind of a toss-up so that's what i kind of have to remind my guys of is um we know what they have they know what we have uh so there can that's the baseball player in you right it now. is it absolutely is. is and exactly it's i i, I made that comment as soon as you said that i, went, I comment oh. i commented on that to her actually the other day and i said you know, I have nerves, one, because I care, but two, because the baseball player, I mean, you play three-game series, especially in college, you know, and, the third you know, that the third game, it's, it's tough to get third, a sweep, yeah. you know. When you're playing that third team, it's tough to get a sweep. Um, and so I just – I try to bring that into my guys, too, because all of them have never grown up playing volleyball. You know, they, a lot of them have played t-ball. They've played baseball. They watch it, something like that, or even football, you know. Um, and so I try to bring that to them and say, look, just because you've played them two times already – you know, I have confidence, you know, but I want to also take them as an opponent. And they're a good opponent. Indian a very good team. Um, and we've played well against them both times we've played them. So. I was talking to some volleyball folks about three or four weeks into the season and just to try to get a feel of things. And I just popped the question, hey, who do you think the best area team is? Not knowing what the answer would be. Quite frankly, the answer was Catawba Ridge. And they did not hesitate when they said it. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here. That was literally the answer. And so went and looked up your record, and I went, well, no wonder. And, and I started looking at the scores, and, and you weren't just winning matches. You, there was some annihilation going on there. Some of that stuff you were doing was, probably should have been illegal in about 38 <laughs> states in the District of Columbia. So you've had such a great start this first year. Like Alicia, do you feel like you're the hunted now because – of the resume you've put in this first year. I, I appreciate that first, but yeah, I, I do. I do feel like that. Um, I mean, I think you saw it the last game of our season against Nation Forward even. Um, they came in and they were amped up and they played a great game. Uh, and, and quite frankly, my guys thought that because of that, you know, we were the, 
the king on the throne that nobody would come for us. But that's not, you know, athletes, especially the ones that have that drive, when you have that opportunity to knock somebody off, you're going to do it, you know. And so your team has to be prepared and has to show up every single game. Um, so for sure, I, I do feel that way. You, you never want to lose uh, as a coach. I mean, that just goes without saying. But from a psychological standpoint, do you feel like it helps you because – where I'm going with is sometimes losses come at a very opportune time. Right. Could that be the light under the rear end, so to speak, to say, hey, for we sure. can't take anything for granted, no matter who, what the right. name is across their jersey, we got to bring it. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you saw that early on in our season two. Uh, we lost to Clover. We got swept by Clover at Clover, 3-0. Um, and I think we went on a six- or seven-game winning streak. Uh, and one of those teams being the number three team in the state in Bowling Springs, 5A. Um, and so I, I think that my guys, one thing that I try to always preach to them is a growth mindset. You know, no, we don't want to lose, right? We, we, we want to win, and I want to win. I'm, I'm the biggest competitor, you know. But if you do lose, you have to grow from it. You know, how can, how can you take this loss and let's, make, let's get better with it? Um, and actually, I had a senior that I had to kind of get that message across. Um, and, and, you know, he, he's a competitor. He wants to win, which I love. But you also have to take the loss on the chest and get better. Um, and so that's the constant message that I have for my guys. Um, and I, I think they did. I think, they're, I think we're going to show up tomorrow. I really, really do. Or Monday, I think, I think they're going to show up um, because of that. You guys have had a lengthy layoff. And it's not just volleyball, but it happens. It seems like it happens in – a lot of sports around here when you're as successful as you are during the regular season you have a tendency to have a lengthier layoff before the playoffs start and especially you guys have, haven't really played a game match in 10 11 days how much do you think that affects you and i mean i know you're trying to you know practice as hard as you can but it's not the same it isn't the same i think it's really tough um and even for us it's not like the girls where they had to buy you know we it's for all of the state, and I think that's something that for sure in the boys' game um, for high school, I think it's going to have to change just because it is a long layoff. Um, and we scheduled to the end that we possibly could. You know, we, we got as many games, and I think we had only two play dates left. And so you get to a point where you, you can't schedule anymore. And so 10, 11 days is a long time. I mean, when you're going from competition, and that's why we, we tried to really uh, scrimmage the girls Friday, especially. Um, and as good as they are, it's still not quite the same, you know. So it, that break is concerning in a way. Um, but then again, you, you got to – everybody has to do it, do it, you know. Everybody has to deal with it. So Pull back the curtain a little bit as a head coach and when you're trying to schedule because you have what, what's known as qualifiers. But there's a certain drop-dead date where you're not allowed to just call up Northwestern or, or South Point or whoever and say, hey, you want to play. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> he the mic. He's like, yeah. not me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way at all. In fact, uh, any competition that you have counts as a play date. So at the varsity level for volleyball, we get 18 play dates. And, you know, that's why you see a lot of teams load up their, you know, schedules with tournaments because that's one play date and you're getting multiple games in. Um, so, so it's hard because you not only have this window of time and you have your region matches that are already kind of, you know, pre-assigned for you, um, but it's hard. You have to be picky about who you play. You know, I know from 
making the boys and the girls schedules now I want top competition you know I, Mac and I have talked about it several times about how I try to get you know who 5A teams you know and teams that I have a lot of respect for coaches I have a lot of respect for on our schedule and tournaments on our schedule so that I can like get as much experience and you know once again as a coach you don't like to lose but I'm, I'm fighting for that experience I'm fighting for the experience of playing those really good teams and maybe I don't beat you that first time but guess what now I've got film on you and now my girls see what you know potentially something could look like and now they have another goal to reach for um, so it's, it's it's hard and you have to be like super picky about it um, a lot of emailing back and forth a lot of missed emails sometimes and talking to people on the phone but I mean, you just have to do the best you can. You're in education, Alicia. You're in insurance, Ross. So being two different careers, does that, do you feel like that helps, hurts? I mean, it seems like it would help because, I mean, that way you can at least talk to each other about different experiences. You're not, you know, in the same classroom, so to speak, same hallway, see each other every day. You feel like that helps as far as volleyball goes? I have the flexibility, yeah. luckily. I have the flexibility with um, – I've been blessed, you know, with, with my career um, and having that flexibility so I can really make some sacrifices, so to speak, to, to be around volleyball more um, and to help her out. Um, but the different career, it helps our home life, <laughs> I will say, probably. Uh, just sure. how so? Uh, just different things that we can talk about. You know, I, I'm a business, I'm a local business owner. So there's so many different things that I see all the time. Then she's dealing with kids on a day-to-day -day basis. So it gives us something to talk about other than volleyball um, and other than our kids, <laughs> something outside of that. So. so being a local business owner, insert shameless plug here. Uh, Ross Lisey State Farm, downtown Fort Mill. <laughs> See, you uh, see how I did that? Web, website and phone number, please, sir. <laughs> that sounds a good one. Uh, Checks website in the mail. is uh, insuranceoffortmill.com. Outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> Thank you for Whether that. Whether it's home, auto, life, personal property, or... Well, we do use that in American Legion a lot, don't we? I know. We've read that promo 5,000 times. I walked by Palmetto Family Hearing Center's booth over in Baxter Village this weekend, and I started saying, I said to my uncle, the Palmetto Family Hearing Center calling the bullpen is. For all your hearing needs, expertise, and latest in technology. Hey, you got to support those local businesses. Absolutely. And without them, you don't pay the bills. Right. I mean, let, let's just cut because the state doesn't they open the door for a new sport, but they don't exactly open the pocketbook for right. a new sport. Mm -hmm. And that's the dirty little secret. And it costs a ton of money mm -hmm. to get something off the ground. Uh, you're, you're talking about jerseys, equipment, net, all kinds of different right. stuff that people don't even think about. And you've got to do this months ahead before that first match months because it takes it just takes time um, and not to use the, the C word, but with COVID. That seems to have made that process a little bit longer for whatever reason. So now you've got to plan it even further ahead. And, and it's, it was almost like the league said, yeah, y'all can do it. Bang. And, and you almost had to, mm -hmm. from from the word go, start ordering stuff, start doing stuff, things like that. Um, Alicia, from your standpoint, with the girls' brackets, they, they came out about a month ago. If you're region champion, you're here. If you're region one, two, you're here. Same old, same old. 
the boys not so much it it went to a committee from what i understand and then they ranked them i think one through eight in the upstate one through eight in the lower state um where i'm going with that is is that you mentioned the loss to nation ford at the time uh, nation ford's record was not spectacular but it came across that the win over catawba ridge meant enough to the state to put the falcons in the playoffs and i don't mean that with disrespect to the falcons i think coach Dis tisdale's done a whale of a job you look at what her boys were from the start to now yeah. world of difference i mean tory's done a great job but where i'm going with it is enough respect to say hey let's put them in the playoffs but not enough to give a lot of local teams a home match um just open thoughts about that and why you feel that that is you feel it's it's do you really feel like that the upstate of south carolina is that much stronger i i i don't i really wouldn't say so i think part of it is they look at common opponents and it i think it goes back to the comment alicia made earlier is the scheduling piece it's so important about who you put on your schedule um and if you look at look at those i mean in tournaments and that kind of thing the competition that you that you do put on your schedule i think that a lot that matters a lot um especially for 5a for a I, I think the way that the committee has it drawn up right now they look at 4a and down so 4a you know 3a 2a and single a um and and what your win loss ratio is over over those opponents and they don't even factor in your 5a opponents which is you know, it's a very, uh, it's a disadvantage for us at Catawba Ridge because we have some some really really good wins on our schedule with 5A opponents um, that Which you would think would count more. You would think so, less. you know, and and exactly, and so um, I I don't really I don't know if it's more of a respect thing or if they look at really it comes down to I think that schedule, you know, that strength of schedule matters a lot right now, um, and luckily for us, especially in York County, all the teams picking it up. Um, I don't know how it'll be in the future. I would hope that, you know, you look at the wins, especially from the teams around here, Fort Mill, and, and they, they beat some really good teams, especially at some tournament plays. Um, so I, I definitely think it comes down to a scheduling piece. And just so folks understand, the reason that I'm, I'm kind of pointed about that is Clover and Fort Mill were co-champions of their region, air quotes. Mm -hmm. But not everybody played boys volleyball. Spring Valley didn't, Blythewood didn't, so on and so forth. So both of those teams are on the road. So there is a lot of scuttlebutt as to, well, wait a minute, you, you respect us enough to, to do this, right. but not so much for the fact that they, got, they have to go on the road. But in the, but in the art of fairness, having said that, if you're going to win a state championship, you're going to have to go on the road anyway, mm -hmm. unless you just happen to be that lucky uh, team that in the predetermined bracket was the home team throughout the playoffs and it just happens to be in that region in that seed you're going to have to go on the road anyway so might as well get it out of the way right yeah I, I think uh, I actually was talking to Coach Tamisha today about it and they have Malden um, I've gotten to see a little bit of Malden and I think they've got a great team here at Fort Mill and I don't think it really if, – if her team shows up, they can they can take care of business, I think, there. Um, and like you said, you, you got to get used to winning on the road, you know, regardless. When it comes down to it, state championship's not going to be at home. It's going to be at Dreher High School. So if you get used to that environment, then you can make a run for sure. 
and, and you spend more than five minutes with Coach Martin and you realize really quickly her personality, if you want to put up a net here on this back alleyway and, and, le and let it go right now, she'd turn her boys loose. Yeah, love Any, her. Anybody, anywhere, anytime, let's yes. go. She's, she's all about growing the game, which in this area like is amazing. It's awesome uh, because it helps us too. You know, it helps, it helps our programs playing better competition um, and growing the game in this area is it's huge right now. So she and she's a, a big, big player, a big factor in that. I have one last question. What do the Lisi family, what do y'all like to do when it's not volleyball, when it's not kids? Do you like to get out on the lake? Do you like to go skiing in the, in the mountains? Do you like to just have a staycation and play video games? Like what, what, what do y'all do? Um, we're really big fans of the beach, and so always have a beach, at least one beach vacation in the year. We also are really big fans of the Asheville area, so a lot of times uh, anniversary trips and stuff like that end up being in Asheville, and that can, I don't know, be consumed with several things from hiking to, you know, going to different breweries or, I don't know, uh, shopping all of the things we'll get into like taking a left turn over to cherokee <laughs> <laughs> no gambling I, yeah I, I, I lost i can't lose money like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah even when we went to vegas i we think we did vegas. it we did one little machine and we were like yeah we're not down with lost 25 dollars and i was like i'm just throwing money away at this point so <laughs> 25 bucks that's all i did so dude you were just getting warmed up oh. yeah <laughs> so, so i've been told no yeah we just i'll not, tell you a it. true story the first time i went to vegas there was three of us guys we were in college at the time which was a really dumb idea but one of their dads lived in boulder city he was retired one of our friends wes came in with all this cash in there but it was coins and he walked into Caesar's Palace back when they used to have all those slot machines in one big long row. And my man literally put one in and pulled the slot, knocked to the next one, pulled the <laughs> slot, went to the next one. Put. He went all the way down the row. Two of them popped, and he didn't even stop. He just kept going like, he, like my man was. He had yeah. money to burn and was ready to go. That's yeah. the Vegas experience. Twenty-five bucks, man. That's just. Oh, man. So say I pulled into the Cherokee parking lot, and three hundred dollars is missing from my wallet before I even walk in. Yeah, maybe we're just not at that level. Door. Yeah, exactly. That's, I'm not. Maybe I'm not quite there. I just. I think it's the insurance guy in you. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I guess the too much risk. A lot of risk. I, I have customers though. They come and they brag to me, and I just say twenty-five dollars is all I got right now. So for that. There you go. So you have enough money to pay your policy this month. Yay! All right, yeah. I wish it worked like that. They, people think it. They uh, brought it in in quarters. <laughs> hey, but but listen, uh, the best of luck to y'all, to both of you. Outstanding job. Um, I mean, I, 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 I know that Coach Cindy and Coach Farley look at you, Alicia, and they see how far you've come as a head coach with your own program, Ross. Obviously, the same thing for you. What y'all have done at Catawba Ridge, I think goes under the radar. It really is remarkable. The records that y'all put up is, is outstanding. Uh, best of luck to you in the playoffs. We hope you hang another banner. The Ridge hung two uh, back in the spring. How about a couple more in the fall? Why not? Uh, make uh, Coach Lewis spend a little bit of money and buy y'all a banner and hang that bad boy with pride. But thanks for coming on to this episode. Welcome back anytime. And if there's anything yeah. we can do to help y'all out to promote, promote Catawba Ridge Volleyball, let thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Alicia Lisi, head coach of the Catawba ladies team. Ross Lisi, her other half, uh, head coach of the boys volleyball team.